0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Charming China Podcast. My name is Isabel Somm, I'm born and raised in Germany and moved to China in 2016 to establish our company. I've started this podcast to let inspiring entrepreneurs and experts share their stories so you can learn more about the Middle Kingdom. It's aimed at building a bridge between the East and the West and to create more cultural context. Today's guest is Bruno, a Belgian chef who has a very painful yet inspiring story. He explains how tragic events in his family led to depression and addiction, and how he overcame those dark times and is now leading a healthier and happier life. We talk about his work with the expert centers in Shenzhen, the benefits of essential oils, and he gives tips on intercultural relationships and how to master them. If you like the show, please don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes so more people can find it and learn from it. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Charming China Podcast. Today, I'm here with Bruno. Hello,
1: everyone. I'm Chef Bruno, originally from Belgium. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here and thank you for inviting <laughs> me here, Isa.
0: Sure, sure. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you uh, were born, where you grew up? Sure. So I'm
1: originally from Liège in Belgium, which is in the French part of Belgium. Uh, I. I'm about 31 year old almost 32 now Uh, I studied gastronomy so I'm a certified chef I've worked in kitchen since I'm 12 of course cleaning dishes at first and then becoming a chef Uh, I've traveled all around Europe and came in Asia in China about seven years ago now Uh, and that's where my most epic journey started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, nice. So, why did you choose to come to China in the first place?
1: <laughs> so, my brother David, who's about five year older than myself, uh, came in China f- five years before I come to China and he was he's an IT guy so he was basically working on like iOS and Android and making some stuff that I don't really understand <laughs> <laughs> and after a couple of years of not seeing him I've asked him through online call what does an IT guy do in China cuz I could imagine Hong Kong from what I've seen on TV Hong Kong was pretty much advanced, but China was a rice farming field pretty much with no education and not anything. And then he started laughing and basically told me to come and visit him there. So I was just in between two jobs. So I decided to just take an airplane and come over. And I arrived and I've seen Hong Kong and I was like, yeah, Hong Kong is pretty much like on TV. And then I arrive in China. and. Arriving in Shenzhen was a very big shock for myself. I was not yet speaking very good English, I had some bases, And so I went out after two days of my brother showing me his job and his office and his co-workers. It was pretty boring. Uh, I decided to go on my own because the metro system here is so much more efficient than in Europe or anywhere I've been in Europe. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm going. And I started visiting places and meeting people because I was just a tourist. So I was basically stopping from coffee shop to coffee shop, meeting people. And everybody I've asked that I've met was asking me, oh, you're a chef, why don't you open a restaurant? Mm-hmm. And I've had that idea in my mind that China was the communist China where money is equally distributed and nobody works. With the idea of earning a lot of money because it's just communist, right? And I've always wanted to open my own business. I've always wanted to be my own boss. And back in Europe, everywhere I've been, most people were telling me, don't do that it's too much problem, it's too much taxes, you're going to fail, you need a loan from the bank, the bank will not lend you any money, it's too complicated, it's too much paperwork. All the reasons why it couldn't work. And once I arrived in the communist China, (laughs) everybody was just saying, oh, you have special skills, why don't you do that? Why don't you get your own restaurant? Why don't you become your own boss? Why don't you do something with that? And that Literally made me feel in fall in love with the city and with just the mindset of the people around here. So that's how mm-hmm. I decided. And after I don't know, I was here for twelve days. And after seven of those twelve days, I decided I was going back home, selling everything, and coming back to live in China.
0: Wow, that's super <laughs> super um, brave. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that that was just the the beginning of the adventure. Uh, I went back home, sold everything, uh, made sure that my paper were legal and that I was just not <laughs> going to get myself into trouble. And then I came back with a tourist visa. Uh, at which point um, my brother was hosting me for two weeks and if I did not find a job he was kicking me out. <laughs> so <laughs> Brotherly love. Yeah. That's how it works. So I basically did that, I found a job very quickly and then I changed my visa very quickly as well to to stay in the legal term. And after that, uh, my brother decided to leave to go to Singapore because one of his online mentor was opening an art school, so he wanted to go and learn and Singapore is just a fly away from here, it's like a couple hours he decided to go and live there so i ended up after 3 months being alone here which was pretty good <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it easy for you to you know connect to people living here to the maybe chinese community or in the beginning did you connect more with foreigners so As I said,
1: I had a very bad English (laughs) here, which basically was one of my priority when I arrived, so I forced myself to avoid French-speaking people, and just hang out with anybody who would speak either English or Chinese with me. Of course, I picked up english much more easily than the chinese (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i focused on on that for the first six months and i basically hanged with irish scottish americans from texas and other accents uh, filipinos spanish speaking people just really to get myself into understanding every accent to get comfortable with with living as an expat Because I've had traveled in Europe and I'm able to very quickly assimilate basic of languages there. But once you come in China, it's way different than than going anywhere in Europe when you're European. So it was a bit more challenging. Though it was not too hard because the community was very welcoming. Something that I'm trying myself to do for the community now is something that I've seen since the first day I arrived here is oh you're new here what do you feel that you're lacking and so helping people naturally because they've been here for longer they have resource that we don't and not at. I'm here for seven years, I have resources that people don't, so I'm trying to do the same.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're also doing a lot of activities and collaborations with the expert center here, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that and these projects?
1: Yes, so uh, that's something I I would never have believed would happen is I got hired by the government, officially speaking, so not for a job, but as a consulting uh, opportunity and it basically all happened because I went to an event learning about import law and I made friend with the manager which I did not know at the time was the manager of course. Uh, we just exchanged name card and he seen on my moment that I was doing a lot of health related event and so he asked me if I could use his service center to bring foreigners to, to raise awareness because a lot of people like me did not know that those centers were existing and serving foreigners. So I just were super excited of the opportunity and after a a couple months, almost a year of doing those, uh, my friend introduced me to his leader who really is an awesome girl. Uh, She does not speak a word of English so she forces me to get better at Chinese and uh, she has welcomed me in the community uh, very quickly and within a couple of months she has offered me that job and so now my challenges are very much different. My challenges are to help foreigners to really become, for, for, for who I want Shenzhen to become their home because now we have the support of the government which did not exist 7 years ago when I arrived. Uh, so it makes a lot of things more easy like we have free legal consultation, uh, free visa consultation, we have activities for kids, teenager, after school stuff, uh, music. We have a lot of different services and a lot more coming. So. Starting this year, I, I like to start my year with a specific word, and this year I started the year with GIVE, and to GIVE I came up with the idea of the HOPE program, which stands for help one person every day. So uh, that, that project was basically just for me, to help people as often and as much as I could, but my leaders at the government loved the idea and they were like you know what why don't we get you some sponsorship a budget and you get your own team of volunteer and we get you a platform on which you can receive requests from chinese from foreigner from anybody in the community that needs some help with anything and you guys pick." who you want to help. So I basically got started on that and we're about to get our first recognition ceremony with that. Uh, we're just being trained by the hospitals, by the fire department and other places to to make sure that we, are, we know how to react in case of emergency and in the same time we are not liable for anything that would happen unless... Bad behaviors, of course.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Wow, that's very interesting. Um, so you think, um, because now I mean, Shenzhen we all know is a very young city, right? And um, people come from come from all over the world and all over China to live here and um, work here. So, do you think it's it will be uh, more and more that people actually choose Shenzhen as kind of like their home. So they will maybe not only stay here for, you know, one or two years to work, but that they will also stay a little bit longer or maybe a lifetime or something.
1: Yeah, so that's one of the main goal of the government right now for the, for the foreign talent is to be very attractive for high foreign talents. So... People with very specific qualification and degrees and jobs. Uh, so we have to work into making it much more like a community rather than the young city that Shenzhen is. Because Shenzhen, being that young, is not yet very stable. So pretty much everywhere is about construction and being destroyed and rebuilt and being destroyed and rebuilt again. So that's a bit less convenient for people coming and living. There are not many activities yet for younger people outside of going to the bar because China is pretty easy on the drinking and the partying, but there is not as many opportunities to get together with healthy activities, so that's what I'm gonna be working this year on developing with the, with the government as well, uh, making making Shoko at first and then our goal is to expand on the entire Guangdong province, uh, a place where people can really see themselves living like not just coming for a year or two but really establishing a community and. And making Mm. a living here
0: nice yeah I mean if you think about it like what does it take to be a be a good city to live in I mean all the infrastructures of course you need like um, opportunities for kids kindergartens, things like that and also some yeah as you said like healthy free time activities so what we have in Germany is a lot is these kind of clubs so you have like soccer club badminton club and I think they do have that in uh, China but maybe mostly focused on Chinese right yeah yeah Uh, so What I see is, if you're not a local,
1: it's really, really hard to start participating into those kind of activities, and for families that are not very wealthy, it's really expensive to join a foreign club of any activities, uh, for that matter. But I see that there is slowly but surely a shift in that, and there are a, a lot more of small activities popping up. Uh, I'm really happy to see that like in the last five years, yoga studios have popped up anywhere, like mushrooms, mm-hmm. uh, open to Chinese and foreigner. a lot of, uh, yoga teacher are more, are not able to speak English as well. So they're giving classes for both, uh, mix classes as well, a lot for kids. Um, what we're still missing and I'm trying to talk to the leaders about that is outdoor activities where we can walk on the grass because uh, it's easier for 12 year old at the moment to get a drink or a pack of cigarettes from the shop because shopkeeper don't ask for the ID than to go and walk on the grass and play soccer for free in, in any park. Uh, there is only very limited places where kids can do that and so it makes it a bit challenging for families to feel comfortable leaving the kids out with their friends.
0: Mm, is that because it's not allowed? Because I think in Shenzhen there are quite a lot of parks um, but just for example as a dog owner I've noticed okay they usually don't allow dogs so 90% of the parks in Shenzhen I cannot go to but I, there are many and they're nice as well so these parks uh, they also don't allow like playing on the grass or doing something like that?
1: Yes so that that's something that has frustrated me a lot in the last two years and that's why i'm i'm trying to work on fixing those is that the the public park are not really public most of them are owned by big groups like the china merchant and other big big corporation around here and they want to keep them very clean and because of the sun and the humidity the the grass tend to dry very quickly and so they are afraid that if people walk on it or do a picnic on it then it would kill the grass so nobody is allowed on the grass
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah that's really funny
1: (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying a lot is us as foreigners main activities is going together and just having a walk in the park and then playing on the grass having a picnic having some activities with friends and those activities are illegal when as a young teenager can go to any shop and get some cigarette <laughs> without any problem but we want to attract high talent with high education it's like there are conflicts that we are trying to solve of course those groups those big corporation want the same they want high talents but they they still want to keep everything super clean, super neat, and just good to look at, but not being used. So Mm -hmm. we're working on finding solutions for that.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. I also feel like... um To build better communities, we really have to kind of try to mix people up. Because nowadays, as you might feel as well, um, all of the expert communities are kind of, it seems like, purely really for experts And Chinese activities, I don't know anything about them. I don't (laughs) know if they exist or not. A friend told me the other day that there's an app for events in China, um, which probably most Chinese people use. But I obviously don't use it yet because my Chinese is not good enough yet <laughs> but i think yeah if, if there would be also some kind of way um to connect these two worlds a little bit more then it would kind of be a win-win situation for everyone and as you mentioned with the yoga i think that's really a good example because from my experience like a lot of chinese women really love yoga as well okay also men maybe <laughs> but i don't know them and um yeah that's the same for foreigners so that's a really good thing to connect um both worlds
1: yeah uh, so that's one of the reasons the government hired me and that's we're on a beta testing phase right now, but I'm being made aware of Chinese events and they are trying to help me to help me promote this for the the local the the foreign community and try to mix people. The language barrier are still a bit of a conflict, but we're working on having some translation services. Uh, working with some uh, Chinese teachers and English teachers to just help leaders of the community get better languages exchange and as well having them during the event to help with the translation so that's being built right now because lots of event that foreigners are doing Chinese people don't know about it because it's all in English and they they want to up level uh, everybody's life so the only way to really do that is by mixing as you said because right now there is the Shoko bubble, the Fumin bubble there there are a couple bubbles of expats that are just living with expats very few Chinese that are proficient in English that are just joining uh, the expat, like my girlfriend but most Chinese people are just afraid of joining in and for us, as you said, if you don't read Chinese, it's borderline impossible to know what's happening around. Uh, I discovered two communities that are just literally eight minutes walking from my home who've had hundreds of events in just the last year. And only at the end of the year did we discover it because I was invited by the government to go and meet the people there. So it it's something that we are working on having a bit more communication from those Chinese community towards the foreigners and of course for us foreigners to be welcoming and trying to get our events in bilingual opportunities.
0: Mm, Nice, that's amazing. So other than that, what are you currently working on?
1: So I'm working of course on health and wellness because when I first arrived in China, I lost my little brother from a lung cancer. Uh, I I promised myself because he celebrated his twenty fourth birthday ten days before I celebrate my twenty fifth birthday, so I was still twenty four. So when he when he passed, we were both the same age. So it hit me that it could have been me, and I had not tried many things yet I had worked a lot and I had traveled but I had not experienced many things in life yet so I promised myself to be open to anything that I've never tried so I tried a lot of weird food and other opportunities activities and stuff like that but then that led me to partying a lot too much and then two years later I was getting better because I, I was kind of depressed when I lost my little brother, which obviously, yeah,
0: yeah, which is natural.
1: And instead of fixing it by being healthy and talking about it, I was basically drinking and smoking it away. Uh, then my mother passed uh, two years later from a generalized cancer that started in the colon. So at that moment, I had just invested. The, what was left of my saving and I basically ended up with a business that I was not even running because I was so drunk most of the time that I was not able to, to find customer for so I started really struggling a lot which led me to take more drugs, like smoke two to three packs of cigarettes a day, drinking two to three bottles of whiskey and or vodka a day, like it was really 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 bad and of course that kind of lifestyle does not lead to a lot of great things. I ended up washing my passport uh, which led me to be homeless in Hong Kong for approximately three weeks, at which point I, just before being homeless, I met somebody Uh, who's pretty successful in the community. She's the founder of a health and wellness team in Shenzhen with free education. And she looked at me and I was full of acne, pimple uh, on my face, on my chest, on my torso, on my back, on my shoulders. I could not wear a backpack without bleeding. So that was really bad and you could see it on my face. So she basically said, well, what you're doing doesn't seem to be working very well. Why don't you try my way? And so she basically guided me with a couple of essential oil and a book. And she said, don't come back until you finish reading that book. Mm -hmm. I left the house thinking, yeah, sure, whatever. I ended up homeless a week later for three weeks. I had a lot of time to think about myself. And on the last day I had, I think 14 Hong Kong dollars left in my pocket and I decided to go and buy a sandwich and a bottle of water because I was going back in Shenzhen so I was pretty confident about that and I go and buy the sandwich and the bottle of water and outside I see a homeless dude who obviously has been homeless for much longer than myself he had a pit instead of a stomach so he did not have food for I could pretty much guess at least three to four weeks so I was a bit dumbfounded and I looked at my sandwich in my right hand and my bottle of water and I was like I'm going home tonight he's not so I went and I sat with him and gave him the sandwich and the bottle of water he asked me for my story I explained to him I lost my mother and and brother he was very uh, empathetic very very grateful that I was still alive and he was he was just so positive and then I have I've asked him about his story and he was basically in one of those countries that are at war at the moment Uh, and he was with his family when the war started and he had to engage in the army in order to save his family so he did and he was with 10 other soldiers on the field, and they got bombed. He was the only one to survive that bombing. Uh, And he basically realized, what am I doing here? I'm just gonna get killed if I go back. So he deserted, he ran away, and ended up in Hong Kong by many illegal ways. Uh, And he was still very positive while, while telling me his story. And that's something that really hit me a lot is he had less than me. He was really suffering from poverty, from being homeless for so long, from being chased by the police, from being illegal in any country. But he was grateful. He was grateful to be alive and he was grateful that his family was alive. And on my way back home, that did not sit right with myself and the the bus ride is a long bus ride or at least that one was a very long bus ride because I was alone with my thoughts and that really led me to realize why was I feeling so uncomfortable with his story it's because he was grateful to be alive when I was pitiful that somebody else died and I realized on, on the way back that I put myself in that situation. I had decided to drink, to smoke and do those drugs and to party and not to be focusing on my business. And so I really realized at that moment that I had made all those decisions and I had the power to take my life back in hand. And so I decided to do that. And when I got back home, I've seen the book that my friend gave me. So I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a try. And so I did read the book And then I started working on myself Changing my diet uh, Changing My habits of waking up Of exercising Just one step at a time Of course it was never perfect at the beginning Every day was a hustle Just to get out of bed uh, The essential essentials have helped me a lot But what really uplifted me Was being surrounded by positive people And that's something that that can be very hard to find once you're an expat in especially a young city like this. Most people go out and have a drink and a lot of people just go out and want to vent off Mm. and so the positivity is not very easily found in a bar so (laughs) I really made it a mission for myself to help uplift other foreigners who are going through their own journey because I might see you in the street, and we might say hi with a big smile. But I don't know what's going on in your life, and you may be going through your own. You have your own business, you have situation, you have your boyfriend, husband,
0: fiance, fiance.
1: <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> uh, you're in a country that's very foreign to you, even though you have some Chinese blood. So locals might just misinterpret the fact that you don't speak fluent Chinese stuff like that so I want to stay very open with everyone I meet for that simple reason It's just when I came here yes a lot of people helped me with finding resources but I had nobody to talk to I had no friends I could trust I did not know who I could trust as an expat and so I want to I want to give that and I want to build that sense of community around here Uh, that's why I'm I'm really dedicated at doing that and that's why we offer with my girlfriend and the government now uh, free health classes but as well free coaching session free aromatherapy consultation free pretty much any services that we can offer we're working on that and those are some of the projects that we're working on right now
0: nice that's amazing i'm sure you can help so many people with that and it's very inspiring Wow, that's, that that first has to sink in. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it always is a bit emotional and a bit heavy. Yeah.
0: yeah, because, yeah, like what you said, like usually people live their everyday life and it's everyday life and there's not so many, let's say, drastic ups and downs. Of course, whenever someone passes away or something really bad happens, uh, it kind of pulls us out of our everyday life and we notice that anything could change every day. Yeah. Um, but usually we're, we're not really faced with that too much um, yeah. but it's very inspiring to hear so wow so that really helped you to yeah, build a whole new life out of that but what about your restaurant are you still ever gonna make one
1: <laughs> so the restaurant right now is way on the back of my head one of the main problem in China is the size of the kitchen so if ever I build a restaurant that probably would not be in China Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking of I've always been thinking for the last I don't know forever 10-15 years uh, of having a place in Costa Rica so that would probably be my retirement I don't think I'm (laughs) gonna retire but retirement plan would be to have a small surf shack at a beach and basically cooking whatever food the fishermen can bring from the sea and and just going with that the restaurant is really with all that happened in my life uh, I feel that expressing myself through cooking is great for myself but it's not helping as many people as I could with my story because with my story I I reach out to approximately anybody everyone has suffered either of those problems feeling alone, feeling depressed, losing a family member or dear friends, uh, suffering with addiction, phone, sugar, alcohol, drugs, cigarette, anything. So I do think there is a big power in my story and that's why I love to share it and that's why I'm grateful for you to open your studio for me
0: today. <laughs> sure, it's very interesting for many people to hear. Um, so how did you meet MK? How did you meet your girlfriend?
1: So that's one thing that only us in China can understand. It's called WeChat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure some of your guests already spoke about WeChat. Uh, WeChat is just the best tool that has ever been made, in my opinion. And she was in a group of party people and I was in a group of party people. I was detoxing at the beach. I had time because I was basically just living the life at the beach. Uh, And she contacted me an evening and we started talking and we talked until 4, 4 4.30 AM when I had to wake up at 5.30 AM so I did not (laughs) sleep that night. Wow! So we clicked very quickly through that platform and within a week we decided to meet down in SeaWorld in the expat bubble. (laughs) And then it was not the romantic meetup that you could expect. I arrived, I wanted to surprise her and tickle her and she turned around, saw me arrive and she said, wait a minute, let me check my phone because I'm not sure it's you (laughs) because I did not look like in the photo. So she was very, very harsh. So that hurt just a tiny bit. (laughs) And after us hanging for the first evening, she did not like me very much. She liked the way she felt with me, but she did not like my attitude. The fact that I did not care about pretty much anything because I was recovering from so many addiction that for me, a problem at work is not the end of the world. Uh, The fact that I had a pimple bleeding, well, whatever, (laughs) it just needs to get out. Uh, And the fact that life was not great because I did not have much money at the time. She did not like that attitude. And so it took me a lot of follow-up with her. <laughs> but I lo- I love to say that our our real love story started on a toilet paper roll. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How that? That How so? really is the key of our love. I not caring pretty much about small details like life, money and pain and stuff. She did not like that part of my attitude, but I went one time at her place and we cooked together and I realized that she had no toilet paper. And so I went to work and then I came back from my class. I, I was doing with my business some cooking classes at the time. And I came back from my class at, or I don't know, 10, 10.30 p.m. And I came back with a roll of toilet paper because I noticed before leaving that she was out of it. And I knew she would not go out because she was at home and just watching TV and video, uh, TV shows and stuff. So I decided to bring one. And then she went in the toilet while I was there. And she was like, ah, I don't have toilet paper. And I opened the door and I just passed the, the roll of toilet paper. And the fact that I paid attention that she needed that was the thing that convinced him I was the good guy.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's an amazing story. Yeah, it's the small things that matter, you know. (laughs)
1: In life, that's always the small thing. It might sound stupid, but that's something I've realized through my journey of recovering is that every day can be a very good day if you focus on the small things. Just like I used to forget when I was drinking how good the sun felt Mm. because back in Belgium it rains about 300 days a year Mm. and so being here in Shenzhen is amazing because we have the tropical sun every day pretty much even during winter it's not that bad so that's something I'm grateful all the time and then having so many people so much energy around here. All those little things, those little moments where you're just enjoying life is really what matters in life and that's, that's really what convinced her to just stay with me.
0: <laughs> that's cute, that's amazing. And you guys also work together, right?
1: Yeah, so we, as we say, we live, we party, we work and we sleep together. A lot of people ask us, how is that even possible? If I was working with my husband, I would probably kill him. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But for us, it's been... As I was on my journey of recovering, I was changing everything. All of my habits had to be changed because I was very negative and I did not want to be negative forever. And when we really got together, I was already very much leaning into the health and wellness and she came in my home with some I would not I should not say toxic chemical but she came home with shampoo conditioners soaps and other products that I just can't even imagine touching my skin because at the time I was recovering and it was very painful Uh, and I just told her you don't bring those stuff in my home and she was like but why? It's the best brand and I went to Hong Kong to buy them and they're expensive. It's the best quality ever. I'm like, have you read the ingredients? No. Okay, well, you do that. And after a, mon- a month of us arguing about that, she realized that the third ingredient is a cancer-causing agent and the fourth ingredient is a hormone disruptor in those products. And she was, oh. So what am I supposed to use? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she started looking into natural solution and changing things as well. And very quickly, she lost her job, which she hated anyway, because she had two hours of commute and 10 hours of work a day. So that was a very long day for probably 600 euros, like mm. 650 USD. So that was just not worth her time. Me being an, an entrepreneur, told her to make the calculation of how much he made, and she was pretty much making two RMB an hour. And I was like, <laughs> that really is not worth working. So she lost her job, and I congratulated her on that. And I've invited her to work with me. And so I was at the beginning of it. She was just changing everything. So we started building on brand new foundation and making our own foundation so we had to find our own place and space where okay i'm responsible for those things and i'm gonna take it if i fail that's me that's my responsibility she is responsible for her part and that makes it much more livable already but then we also had to agree on disagreeing because there are things that. She will do her way because she is her and I will do it my way. So if she does it, I don't have a word to say and I will stay away from even looking over her shoulder. And same same for the opposite. She would not tell me how to do the things I'm doing myself. And so we, we just work very well. Once we are in a class or in a business meeting, we're not a couple. We are business partners. So we we literally separate those parts. And of course, I have my own activities with my friend and she does hers.
0: Mm, yeah, I think it's important to still, still stay your own person and not be too involved because otherwise you lose your own identity. And then if you kind of almost like become one, then you're also not really interesting to each other anymore. So it's important to keep your uniqueness yeah. and your own space. Yeah,
1: Yeah. It, it's... As I say, it's been a journey. We've been together for three and a half years now. So I think we have found a very good balance, but the first year was really not easy. We were yelling at each other pretty much every day or at least six days a week. (laughs) So if you're going through that, understand that it's normal. You're going to find your way. Just be patient and accepting of the other.
0: Mm. (laughs) And also, I think probably an an additional, uh, let's say, challenge is being from different cultural backgrounds right because um i know many couples in china is usually like uh sorry foreigners and chinese couples they sometimes uh have you know just trouble because it's different points of use kind of they just see things differently because of their cultural background um it can be small things can be big things but it's definitely something that's a challenge. So how do you have any tips on how to overcome that? Or how is it for you guys?
1: Okay. So that has been a big truth of our journey as well. It's she's Chinese. I'm from Belgium. We both are not English native speaker. So one key thing that really helped us along the journey is learn to define your own vocabulary. It doesn't matter if the English dictionary says that yellow is that taint of yellow. If in her head, yellow is a yellow pale and in my head is a yellow flashy, we're going to have an argument about that. Unless Mm. we define, okay, yellow for us is this taint of yellow. And we're going to agree on that one. And so we had to work and that's part of the first year of, okay, I say this word What do you feel about that word? And we have literally built our own dictionary. There are some words that I'm saying in Chinese. There are some words that she is saying in French. And other than that, we have agreed that a specific word will have a specific meaning rather than agreeing on everybody else's meaning. So that has helped us a lot because the the culture makes it that we think in very different way. We Western people are taught to think a very specific way and in China, they see things as concepts. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to imagine a door for them is not a door, but it's more like an opening. The door stands for mouth as much as it stands for a door or a window so when you say the word door it has different meaning so that is something that uh, makes it very hard for couples to get along when they don't understand and they don't view the world in the same way and that's where I think being very patient and of course redefining reality helps. What has helped us a lot also is personal development. So I am in my own journey and she is in her own, but we are reading at least two to three books a year that are the same books, so that we align the way that we are thinking pretty much on those terms. So it helps us grow together even though we have our own journey, we are staying along the same line and along the same path. So that's been very helpful as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think it kind of sounds even harder that you're both not native language speakers. But on the other hand, I can imagine it's also at least balanced. Because if you have a couple where one person is a native speaker, this person can express themselves much better uh, and clearer maybe. And the other person struggles to find words. Yeah. So that at least for you guys is balanced and you can totally define your, yeah, we, your vocabulary. Yeah, we both
1: started with the minus one on the English language. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Do you also learn Chinese now?
1: Uh, so, yes, I'm I'm fluent in basic conversation Chinese. And I just bought a course a month back on learning the basic of characters as well because I want to be able to read it now that I'm working with the government. They don't have much translation <laughs> services yet. And everything is in Chinese, so I'd better just catch up with that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah same i'm also thinking of doing a shenzhen university course like four weeks seven weeks course or something like that just to up yeah how to say up like, yeah the, yeah yeah exactly exactly the knowledge. <laughs> yeah exactly nice um yeah i think that that was really inspiring and um but we are running out of time a bit <laughs> so my last question is usually what do you think is the most charming thing about china
1: I will say it's his people. Uh the 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 environment might be dirty in construction, noisy and polluted, but the people makes all the charm of living in China. If you learn to be looking over the very quick and others uh you can very very quickly uh, see why it's worth staying in China. And the infrastructure means nothing if they're empty. The, the people really makes it worth living here.
0: Nice. That's lovely. Everybody should uh, experience that if they want to come to China. Don't just stay in your bubble. <laughs>
1: yeah. Get get out of there. Yeah. you You will see the world is big. Yeah. <laughs>
0: nice amazing so if any experts listening to this maybe they want to get involved in some events that you're organizing or they want to get some services uh, because they feel lost maybe they just arrived is there any way that they could reach you maybe on wechat sure
1: so uh, on wechat my account is z-e-n-r-i-t-h i I repeat z-e-n-r-i-t-h and on via email if that works better for you uh, chefbruno.tic for this is china at gmail.com so chefbruno.tic at gmail.com
0: okay nice we'll link all of that in the description as well so thank you so much Bruno for sharing your story with us today and yeah wish you all the best
1: thanks Isa a lot for welcoming me today and thank you all for listening I hope you have a great experience in China and if you're hesitating about is it worth coming just come to Shenzhen it's worth it
0: (laughs) great (laughs) thanks you